0: Our biggest power is in between our legs. Mm -hmm. So not only can an orgasm be a part of moving through emotions, giving us a boost of pleasure on a stressful day, um, using it as a tool to connect within our relationship, but it's also a way to strengthen your feminine power. When you feel entitled to pleasure and you feel worthy of it, worthy of it so much that you're like, yeah, I'm going to take a break from work. I'm going to go have five or 10 minutes with myself. That worthiness, that entitlement expands into every other aspect of your life.
1: Welcome to The Well Drop. We're your hosts, Amber Berger and
2: Dina Wismer. Amber, I am so excited to talk about sexual health today, but I'm curious why is it that you you came to me and you felt so strongly about having this be a part of our general conversation about wellness? Why is sexual health something that we should be concerned about in our wellness routine and why does it matter? Um, why are we talking about this today?
1: I think that sexual health is a key part of people's self-care practices and you know, I think a satisfied mommy makes a happy mommy. And I think it's something that people actually probably just forget about and think of it more of an obligation rather than leaning into the pleasure aspect of it. So today we really want to talk about the power of pleasure and really having women step into their sexuality and owning their sexuality and feeling free about communicating, you know, their wants and their needs of friend of mine dana myers i 'm so excited to have her on today. She is an expert in the wellness sexual wellness space, and she really helps to empower women to own their sexuality and I think it 's an important message not only for us as mothers but also for our daughters and for the next generation and there 's been you know big stigma around the term of masturbation and self love and maybe it 's the word that is sometimes off putting for people so we 'll try to use the word self love I think is a really nice term for people to embody. And today we really want to help educate women on ways to actually incorporate that into their everyday and talk about, you know, pain points that people are having and to help solve them and really give them the tools of scheduling in pleasure for themselves every day or every week or every month, whenever, however much you need it, because everyone's needs are different. So...
2: So it's so interesting, you know, only about over 21% of women say they've never masturbated, which obviously is a much higher number than men. So I'm really excited to kind of open that door and spark conversation with our uh, interview with Dana today. Uh, How do you guys know each other?
1: Dana and I are mothers and friends, and our kids go to the same school, and we happen to have a shared love of wake surfing, and we go wake surfing together. And Dana is, you know, our sex guru in our group and really helps to... She embodies sexuality. It's like her aura, her being. And I help I think that she really helps us to like tap into our own sexuality and really to prioritize pleasure in a really fun and playful manner. And I'm so excited to introduce Dana Myers with us today on the Well Drop. She is an amazing human being and friend and gorgeous from the inside out. She's an award-winning entrepreneur, author, media personality, and she's an expert in the wellness, sexual wellness. She's known for her frank yet empowering style that helps women discover and amplify their vitality, sexuality, and sexual satisfaction through her products and content. Dana, we are so honored (laughs) to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us, and we're excited to introduce you to The Well Drop, And our listeners here today, you are a gift. (laughs) Thanks for having me. You know, your advice, I get to brag a little bit about you because I think people don't like to brag about themselves, but we are happy to do the honors your advice has been featured in Women's Health, Parents, Red Book, Allure, Wall Street Journal. You've been on ABC Nightline, Good Morning America, Access Hollywood. I've been doing it a long time. I mean, you're a star <laughs> and you've been in the sexual wellness space for a long time because you have a product brand called Booty Poller. Yeah. When was that created? What year did you found we it? We started
0: in 2005. So we've been going for almost 19 years. That's unbelievable. It's a long time. It's a long time.
1: It's actually, you know, they talk about sliding doors. So Dana used to sell her products at Henry Bendel and I was a buyer for accessories at Henry Bendel and Henry Bendel was very big on trunk shows. There was always a trunk show going on in Bendel. So we said we definitely have crossed paths before we even knew each other. Absolutely. And And I
0: remember doing a trunk show there right after I had Rocky. It was after I had um, released my first book and I had my first baby. And then, you know, four months later I was, you know, hawking our body chocolate on the floor of Henry Bendel and running downstairs and breastfeeding and then running back upstairs. And Selling. And um, yeah, that's really when I kind of started to, you know, after we have kids, it, a lot changes in our bodies, in our minds, in our priorities. Um, and that is, I think, the first moment where I really thought, okay, I have something new to grapple with by way of my sexuality and my sexual energy. Um, that was the first time in life that I really felt it kind of um, split shift. and shi- shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Dana, can you give us, for those of us who are not, you know, not honored to know you well personally, what, how old are your children and when did, when, so you gave us, how old are they? How many do you have? Yeah. Give us the whole context. Yeah. My kids are,
0: (laughs) I've been married for almost 19 years, 19 years in March, and my kids are 10 and 13. My daughter's 10 definitely like entering that, you know, phase where I can sort of see her cycle coming down the line, which is interesting. My son's 13. And
1: yeah, it's a busy life. That's for sure. (laughs) It's a busy life. (laughs) It's a busy life. But you created Booty Parlor prior to becoming a mother. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I created Booty Parlor. We launched it when I was 29. And at that time, the sexual wellness industry as we now know it was still very much the triple x business so i was always like sneaking into those dirty sex shops and buying all my friends vibrators because i was like (laughs) do you guys know about this you know what's available to us this is amazing but the experience of it was so gnarly and not in alignment with the way that i would you know love to shop for beauty or for clothes or other things that make me feel feminine and confident i wanted to shop for products for my sensuality and my creative expression within the bedroom in that same way. And yeah. so I thought there was a lot of white space at the time. Still is. And there still, and is. still is. And there still is. It's come a long way. Um, But that's when we, I was just dating Charlie at the time. And I said, I've got this idea. It's called Booty Parlor. It's like the beauty parlor for your love life.
1: I love that.
0: I had grown up in a beauty parlor with my mom, who's a makeup artist. And I just witnessed her empowering women by way of makeup conversation, um, talking about sex and relationships. And every time a woman would leave her chair, she would feel amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, I love beauty and I love sex. Like, let's do it. And Booty Parlor is really that blend of sensuality beauty and kind of creative, sensual, you know, products and and sexuality, things to enhance your creativity and your pleasure.
1: That's amazing. I mean, your mom sounds like a trailblazer because I think that generation in general, they did not talk about sex or even self-pleasure. I mean, my mom, I don't know about you, Dina, but my mom did not discuss that with me at all. It was sort of taboo at the time. What about you, Dina?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I think as most kids in our generation found out about sex and what that was from TV and uh, older kids who had older friends who had older siblings. And, you know, we did not I did not have those conversations with my mother. No, she told me a story about how my grandmother wouldn't be alone with her suitors so that there was no you know, perception of anything happening and, you know, kind of indicated that I should do the same. And that was the extent of my sex talk. (laughs) (laughs) I had a very different
0: experience. I mean, my mom was, I guess, a trailblazer. She was, I think, you know, both my parents kind of recognized who I was right away. You know, as my hormones started percolating, I was curious. I wanted experiences and
1: And I I guess I wasn't very good at like
0: hiding it, you know. And so they really acknowledged, I remember my dad said to me, like, I acknowledge you as a sexual being. Aww. I was like, okay. Um, and my mom was always saying to me, you know, um, touching yourself is just as pleasurable as having sex with someone else. So, you know, focus on that right now. I think that was her way of wow. trying to, you know, protect me and, and steer me away from having sex with a lot of people as a young teenager.
1: Yeah. It's great advice, right? It was I great mean, advice. I mean, good advice to it give was a advice. young sexual and it, person, yeah. right?
0: And it motivated me to further explore my own pleasure so Mm -hmm. that as I went into more partnered experiences, I was already really very aware of Of what turned me on and my body and what could bring me um, to have orgasms.
1: And I think a lot of women, and we'll get to that um, later on, I think they aren't in touch with their bodies. Yeah. And they don't self experiment or explore. And so, hopefully, after this conversation today, we hope that every person that is tuning in will, you know, self experiment and just have fun with themselves and just see like what they like. Because then, if you don't know what you like, how can you communicate with your partner? Absolutely. In order to help like please you. And I think a lot of women. I always like laugh. I was like, how could somebody not like an orgasm? Like, I just don't think that's even possible. So I think so many people aren't even in touch with maybe the feeling of a proper orgasm. And so then they shy away from it and they don't crave it. But it's because the starting point, they don't really even know their bodies well enough to even get to that arousal state because they're not comfortable.
0: Absolutely. And I think that, you know, I think with the younger generations, I'm seeing, you know, a sea change in how people are open to pleasure. And it's more in the mainstream now. But I think women of our generation, 40s and older, we were still raised in an era where there was active slut shaming and there was stigma around being a centrally empowered woman. And uh, there was a lot of like influence from religion, you know, that many women. Religion,
1: movies, all of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I think a lot of women in our generation didn't grow up feeling entitled to pleasure. Yeah. Because that really wasn't what our culture taught us. And it certainly wasn't what a lot of our mothers were teaching no. us.
2: Dana, I was just wondering if we could go back and talk about why discuss sexual health and masturbation on a wellness podcast. Why should we care about this and, and why is it so important and why is it part of a broader wellness yeah. plan for yourself? Thank you for that question. I always
0: say that um, sex and pleasure is as important as eating and sleeping and exercising. And it's it's like you know, if you're feeling unhappy, you could take a pill, you could get a prescription from Big Pharma, and and help lift your depression, or you could give yourself an orgasm, <laughs> and give yourself like a genuine, authentic rush of endorphins um, and other you know positive chemicals that are released when we experience pleasure. I think that it's an integral part of our wellness routine, our regime as women, because we have absolute control over it. Yeah. At any moment in our day when we're feeling sad, depressed, we need energy or we need rest, we need a release, we need to express you something. You have the power, right? You have the power. You can literally… In your hands, literally. <laughs> literally in your hands. And I also always say, you know… Um, our biggest power is in between our legs. Mm -hmm. So not only can an orgasm be a part of moving through emotions, giving us a boost of pleasure on a stressful day, um, using it as a tool to connect within our relationship, but it's also a way to strengthen your feminine power. When you feel entitled to pleasure and you feel worthy of it, worthy of it so much that you're like, yeah, I'm going to take a break from work. I'm going to go have five or 10 minutes with myself. That worthiness, that entitlement expands into every other aspect of your life. And you know, I always walk around being like, you know, looking for the women who've had an orgasm that day. You can so tell. Funny. So know? I was
1: just going to say, my husband always <laughs> says, "Sorry, Zach." You know, when you see certain people, I was like, "That girl just needs to like have an orgasm," yeah. and the guys can see it. <laughs> yes. And we That's like. That's I can
2: picture your husband saying whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: he said it to me not that long ago, and obviously I was preparing for this interview. <laughs> And I was like, you know what, we need to empower those types of women to like lean in and like they need to give themselves an orgasm before they can even probably tell their partner how to give themselves an orgasm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you don't know the pathways to pleasure with yourself, it's very hard to feel confident enough or have the language even to communicate that to a partner.
1: And I think especially, you know, entering motherhood, you know, you are already in this wellness space. Yeah before what was the shift that you saw I think it really gets even more challenging right as you start adding kids into the mix and yeah. schedules and well no yeah privacy. I mean hor-
0: hormonal changes you know during breastfeeding you just tend to dr- dry up a little bit um you're tired you're I remember having a huge identity crisis when I had my first child like yeah. I had been so career focused I wanted the company I wanted the book deal everything was happening for me and then suddenly I was pregnant and I actually thought oh this baby's going to come out and I'm going to be like, cool, I'm good. Like, let's go. Right
2: back. I had the same feeling if it makes you feel any better. but there was was an exhaustion. (laughs) I think a lot of women do. There was – and I think because nobody really tells us.
0: No. Nobody really spells that out for you. No one told me I would have an identity crisis. And I think for me, where I can really get laser focused on what happened to my libido, for me, it was the loss of freedom. Mm -hmm. It was the loss of freedom and ownership over my time. Yeah. It was the loss of the ability to just go out onto the street and have chats with people and window shop or this or that, that being Or sleep when you wanna sleep. The loss of freedom coupled with real exhaustion, for me, when I look back, I go, yeah, it was the loss of freedom initially that really-
1: Set it up. Like
0: put a kind of like a grip on my libido. And it was also the resentment because my life, my body, my breasts, my
1: V there was a lot we had to everything
0: get back. had changed for me <laughs> and even though Charlie my husband has always been super hands-on super supportive, activating and helping you know all the time, it's really on you yeah and so I was harboring a lot of resentment in our relationship in the early days of parenthood. And that will strangle the life out of your yeah. sexual connection as well.
1: I think a lot of women start to get angry. Yeah. Because you're just, you become maybe angry because you're so exhausted. Yeah. So maybe what is like the one thing that like as a new mom yeah. to like even. Two words. No. Two words. Four words. What's the secret? <laughs> Would
0: you and will you? Oh, I like that. It's it's just asking. It's It's identifying what you need, whether that's like. Him taking on the dishes, him taking on Saturday mornings, him taking on a feed in the night, whatever that is, would you – identifying what you need to feel more freedom, to feel more rested, to feel more sensual, and asking for it in very clear, specific terms. And not in – you can't lead off with, can you just right – couldn't you just – because that will turn them. Off. What a man hears is, well, of course I can. What she's challenging my, of course I can. I'm capable. She's challenging my, my value, my capability. But would you is asking a question. It's putting out an invitation for them to be your hero. And I hate to be so like <laughs> stereotypically,
2: <laughs> but it's a much nicer way to out.
1: approach the situation yeah. actually.
0: And it, it gets you, it gets you what you want. And I had a
2: friend when they had when she had a, her first child she and her husband signed a contract uh who would do what and broke it down and at the time i was right. like oh wow that feels like a lot honestly she genius she ended up managing that time in her life much better than i did yeah. and it wasn't an argument as you said it was it was a polite conversation there was an anger and setting those expectations and acting and asking in a kind way was an incredibly productive way of handling the situation in it, retrospect it's i wish super i had followed effective.
0: Lead. The, the would you yeah. you know will you is incredibly effective and it actually opened the door for something that charlie and i have always practiced since we had kids which i call it a resentment check-in we just check in with each other and we're like, Hey, what are you resenting about me right now? Anything? And what do you need in response to that? And then we get it out and it doesn't fester. Right. It's very healthy.
1: Yeah, I think communication is obviously yeah. number one, you know, and clearly when you're tired, it's harder to communicate because you're just trying to like catch those extra hours of rest. But yeah. really, I guess prioritizing the communication aspect number one yeah. is probably like the first step. And then Well, it's
2: very hard to
0: play if you're not Um, If you're feeling resentment, if you're feeling like you're stuffing something down or if you're feeling like your needs aren't being met, it's very hard to shift into feeling sensual and it's very hard to be attracted to someone if you're resenting them. So if you can start to clear that out, then you can kind of open up a little space in your life, right? In your like landscape as a sensual woman. And then you can be like, okay, what else do I need? I've like cleared out some of the resentment. What else do I need to generate some turn on?
2: Right. And I
1: think I love how you always say, how do you create, instead of an obligation, turning an obligation into an opportunity? Because yes. I think so many moms, you know, oh my you God, can't yes. have sex for the first six weeks, six or eight weeks, depending on, you know, if you have a natural delivery or C-section. Yeah. And everyone dreads that doctor appointment of getting the green it's light. It's very soon. <laughs> but the guys are counting down and you're like, oh gosh, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. What do I do? So how do you shift that? Energy of yeah. like okay, it's not an obligation; it's a choice that yeah, I want Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: first off, I think the six weeks thing is ridiculous, and I think that talking about that, if you're you know about to have a newborn, talking about that in advance and yeah. setting, you know, some more real expectations with your partner can be a really healthy thing. But to go from, I would say you go from, you know, chore to choice and obligation to opportunity. And it's really a, a, mind, a mind shift, yeah. right? I think a lot of times women can get in this pattern of feeling like sex has become a chore. It's something I have to do mm-hmm. as part of this marriage contract you know, to keep us together. I have to do it. And so then anytime you have to do something, you feel a sense of dread, right? Obligation is not sexy. Chores aren't sexy. And the pleasure goes away. Yeah. But if you can just shift and be like, okay, wait, I'm choosing to have pleasure. I'm choosing to nourish our connection in what could be a difficult time of the newborn phase. I'm going to see this as an opportunity to unplug from all my other responsibilities and drop in to something that can feel really good again, without expectation, maybe I'm, I'm seeing it as an opportunity to just explore, not to like, you know, be super sexy or reach the finish line, but just shifting into an opportunity mindset or a choice mindset, then you're like, oh, okay. You know, you get in there and then you keep your mind open. And then afterwards, most likely you're going to be like, oh, that was actually really fun and I actually felt pleasure and I actually felt like connected to who I am as a sensual woman instead of the mother, worker, you know, carpooler, cook, chef, all those things. Easier to remember. Oh, pleasure's good. So then the next time the invitation comes around, it's much easier to say yes to.
2: Amber, I have to ask you, lately my skin, when I look in the mirror, it feels like it's looking tired and lackluster. Your skin looks amazing. What do you do on a regular basis? What are you doing to glow the way you glow?
1: You want to learn the secret to aging backwards? I discovered (laughs) an amazing company called Young Goose. They are all about a simple skincare system for you to get radiant skin. And I've been using it for over a year and I have never looked back. I find most products don't actually yield results. And all I can do is say... Try Young Goose and see what happens and wait for the compliments to start coming in within three months.
2: It's amazing. I'm so excited to try it. How do I find it?
1: You can get a 10% discount code for your first order using WellDrop, and you can find them online at younggoose.com.
2: This kind of reminds me, you talk a lot about scheduling, uh-huh. right? Scheduling pleasure. Yeah. And yeah. this brings me back to where we started our conversation talking about sexual health as a part of wellness, you would Mm. schedule a massage for yourself because it's pleasurable. And so I'm wondering if you can connect the dots talking about something that's a joy to do for yourself, which is what you were just talking about and scheduling that into your wellness routine in a joyful way, right? Yeah. I mean, it feels to me like that's connected. Is that true?
0: Oh, my God. It's definitely connected. And I, I'm like the queen of scheduled sex. Um, I really am. I, really I love am. that
1: tip because, I mean, I run my calendar like my life depends on it. Yeah. Like, if it's not in the calendar, it's not happening. Yeah. And yeah. I never actually would have thought to schedule sex in. But yeah. I think especially as your kids... You know, it's easier when a baby's sleeping. You kind of know those times that you're yeah. going to have alone. But as the kids get older, like even last night, my kids aren't leaving my room until like 10 at night. My husband my sometimes is Wait halfway till your sleeping. Kids are <laughs>
2: teenager. My, daughter, my daughter's 14 and she… They go to the bed weekends, after. She go, I was mm-hmm. yelling at her to go to sleep at 1.30 in the morning because she's 14 right. now. Yeah. So she, you know, I'm not tucking her into bed. I woke up at 1.30 and yelled at her to go to bed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and finding that time and that privacy harder, gets… Yeah hard yeah
2: well so how do you do it
0: oh my god I mean I literally I have like a formula for it it's it's in the the book it's uh, it's so funny because when women first read it they're like that's a lot Dana you're asking me (laughs) for too much but I think if you sort of set Bigger goals, and then maybe you one time, one sensual encounter, one and a half, two times. You
1: build on it.
0: You build on it. But so I will always like pencil in. And now that the kids are older, I'm finding I'm now less scheduled. Mm -hmm. I have kind of more like erotic freedom, which is nice. But for at least the last, you know, decade plus. I have been scheduling sex. And so I'll look at my week and I'll be like, okay, where's the window where I'm going to have a solo session? Where am I? I'm always going to masturbate at least once a week, if not more. And so where's my moment? Where's my moment for that? And then I always plan on the weekend one long love session. And that's like, I call it the long love session, okay? And that's like… Every husband's going to be like, wait, what? I know, I know. I love this. And so I always plan, I'm going to plan to get the kids out of the house. They have to be out of the house for that to be like creative and fun and exciting. And so I'll coordinate the babysitter. I'll make sure they get out. And I'll make sure that that window of time is long enough so that it doesn't feel so pressurized, that I also have time for myself. I have time to kind of transition, maybe do some dancing or stretching, maybe read some erotica or watch something sexy um, and then transition into that. And for that long love session, I'm always like, what flavors do I want this weekend? So is it lingerie? Is it a Is it an energy, a type of energy that I want to play with? When you put that in your calendar, then it becomes this focal point with your partner. And you can be like, what do we want for this session? Like, what are you vibing with? What am I thinking?
1: I mean, that all sounds so amazing. I I think most people don't get as creative. Yeah. So is is that in your book, like different guidelines and how to start to like add different ideas in? Because maybe sometimes people just need the idea and then the light bulb goes on and you're like, oh, okay, I could do that. That could be fun. That could be different.
0: Definitely. And again, like, you know, sexual creativity is not something that we're taught growing up. We're not really given those tools. You can have a conversation, you know, what's great about our sex life? What could be better? And what new sexual energies do you want to play with? And like one example of that, I love this story. It's a ridiculous story. This was a few years ago. The show Glow on Netflix yeah. was out. It was about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, right? And we were watching it. It's a ridiculous show, and the costumes are hysterical. And Charlie, we knew we had this long love session. And he, I was in the shower, and he popped in. He was like, "What? What? What do you want today?" You know, he knows. <laughs> this, is our, this is our how we communicate about it. And I I had watched the show and I said, you know, I wanna wrestle. And it was an energy, right? That like wrestling, tumbling. Sparkly outfits. Yeah. Like (laughs) wow, like couldn't play with that energy. Yeah. Sometimes it's something more like, you know, dark and stormy. Sometimes it's like light and fluffy. Sometimes I'm it's curious how many
2: outfits you have to go with all these things. Oh, Dana. That's a whole other conversation. Dana has some good outfits, that's for sure. I have some really good outfits. And that's also
0: really fun. Like, can we shop together? Can, you know, what should I dress up in? What, what kind of lingerie would pull out a new flavor of my erotic being? Um, so that's the long love session, and it doesn't have to be like you know, um, you know, whips and chains. Creativity. Yeah. It can be playful and light. Playful and light. It could be a new toy. It could be a new video that you watch together. It could be a new position that you try. It's just about being conscious and and
1: communicating and too. intentional. Like yeah. let's
0: bring in newness to our sex life on a right. consistent
1: basis. Like we've all been with our husbands a very long time, a sixteen very long years, I'm going on sixteen. Dina, how long what have you been mean, married?
2: Tw- one. I've been with my husband twenty three years. Right. Yeah.
1: Sometimes but maybe I, you I, need to get creative. Just not even. Just why not?
2: Just because. I will say though that. For us just logistically, it's weekends are hard in terms of we have free children, there's always sports, there's always stuff where parents need to be at. So the idea of scheduling long time on the weekends is a little bit intimidating because yeah. a little bit of anxiety. I would assume, and this is a question, even if you can't do it every weekend, that any amount of that is beneficial, right? Oh my even God, if it's yeah. once a month or yeah. you know, once every other month, you know, and that, that doing that in some capacity, yes. Yeah beneficial. Yes. And you. that's
0: why, yes. yes, in the book, you know, and we're talking about scheduling, there's a lot of different options. It's like a little menu. There's the quickie. There's the solo session. There's the long love session. There's, I don't know if you want to edit this out. There's the blow job
1: no, where you are certainly. giving,
0: you know, as an yes, act I think of love. A lot of people
1: resist that too. And
0: then there's also the pussy massage where you're like, I don't feel like giving today, but I want to hang back and receive, you know, for however long. There's the fantasy fun session where it's like maybe once a quarter. You're like, let's do something outrageous or let's go check into a hotel. and Nice
1: quick staycation for one night. That's like, it.
0: Not? Yeah. But like stop at the sex store on the way in and get, you know, all, some something very interesting and go wild for a night. So I think that the important thing to really embrace is that your sexual wellness is your own right like i might say oh try to schedule three moments in your week but you're like i want one amazing moment a month and i'm going to go all out for that yeah it's up to you it's, it's up to Everyone's you different. but it's really up to you to like to see your sexual life your sensual energy as a playground and whatever that looks like to you it's yours
1: and to make it a priority and to absolutely make it
0: a priority.
1: Totally forget it. Have you gone through different periods where like self pleasure became more of a priority than like pleasure with your partner, depending on, you know, everyone in a relationship is not has yeah. ups and downs or your schedule is just yeah. so crazy? So that's a great question. That's a
0: great question. And my sex life with myself is the most treasured relationship that
1: I have with myself. You should see her smile, by the way, if you're not, if you're just listening and not watching. Her smile is is. very big and she makes anyone look so happy. It really (laughs) is.
0: No, it really is. And so it's in a way like I know I've heard men have come to me when I recommend that their female partners masturbate and they're like, but I'm not getting anything. Mm -hmm. And so i it's it's almost like they're jealous if she's masturbating. I want that for myself. She's got so little sexual energy. I don't want her giving it to herself. I want to be a part of it. But it's like the the relationship that you have with yourself, it lasts the longest, right? And it is ultimately the most important. And so to have a sexual relationship with yourself, I don't see it as something that either or is an either or. I think it's absolutely integral to your relationship with yourself to nurture your sensuality, nurture your own pleasure. But of course, I mean, listen, I self-pleasure every week, no matter what. I also have sex every week, no matter what, Mm -hmm. unless there's something like really intense going on and then maybe it goes past a week. But I'll always give, I'll always offer. If I'm not ready to receive, I'll always offer something in that week. Mm-hmm. Because to me, at least once a week of a partner touch point is super important to have that moment together. And my husband and I, we work together. So it's a lot of togetherness and it's a lot of stress. So I really, for me, it's so important that we connect in a playful way, in a pleasurable way. Right. To shift to, out of work, to mode offset into the stress minutes. of our working relationship. I told this story a few weeks ago like after 9 11, I watched a tower fall. I went home and after I cried, I masturbated. And when I'm angry, I pleasure myself. When I'm happy, I pleasure myself. For me, like, my pussy is my source. My pleasure is my source. It is how I... um, I
1: love that. It's like you're coming back to you in a moment of like either thrill or emotional you know sadness totally it feels like it's a
2: it feels like it's a release
1: yeah instead of reaching for you know some people are gonna like pop gummies or they're gonna go reach for a pill yeah or a drink like you're really reaching to you first to see hopefully that can be enough satisfaction yeah and then if you need something more and then i I do reach for the gummies too You could add that. <laughs> I ask my pussy
0: questions when I'm journaling. What do you need? Ugh, like, What's that. the vibe? What should I do about this? And sometimes she's like, you should go masturbate. And so I do that. Or she's like, maybe you should just go for a run. But like our pussies have so much wisdom.
1: Yeah, we need to tap into that. And we power really need source. to tap
0: into it. And I also feel like now I'm turning 48 I, my hormones are regulated, I'm on the pill, but when I go off the pill, I know I'm going to experience, I'm, I'm sure I must be in perimenopause, but because I'm on yeah. the pill, I'm not having any symptoms. Actually, but, that
1: was my next question, was about as you get older and are in the thick of perimenopause, into menopause, I'm yeah. not there yet, but I hear a lot from women that sex becomes painful. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there's dryness and pain. Yes. So how do you, in your experience, like, manage that? Have you yeah. tried different products that other people have said have been a success for them?
0: friend of mine who has already gone through menopause, I was telling her about Glamorpus, which is our new hydrating vulva balm. I was telling her about it, and she was like, Ah, oh, my pussy feels like an old cheese sandwich.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, terrible.
0: Oh, my God, Teresa, <sighs> I'm so sorry. And after we had a really good laugh about it, she was like, I am deeply affected by my hormonal changes. My vulva does not feel like the vulva I have known my whole life. Another woman said to me that one side of her vulva had sort of collapsed Mm. and and dried out. highly suggest if you're having extreme problems, go see your doctor. You know, talk about hormonal therapy if that's an option for you. I practice daily, a di- daily hydration ritual where I stand in the mirror and I use Glamour Puss. It's an all-natural moisturizer, all-natural oils, no hormones. And I stand in the mirror and I moisturize my vulva and I say, I wrote a spell for it. And I say, I honor my pussy. I honor my power. My magnetism grows hour by hour soft and supple, glamorous and divine, everything I desire will surely be mine. With self-love and passion, my heart opens wide. The world is my oyster, my pussy provides. And so whatever I'm working on that day, whether it's good luck grows, magnetism grows, wealth, abundance, health, relationship, I'm putting the energy of, of my sensuality, my femininity, my pussy, I'm putting it into that affirmation, as I'm hydrating and I feel replenished.
1: I mean, I moisturize. I don't know about you, but I've never moisturized down there. Well, and that is genius. I and have. You have? I love it.
2: At, well, Allison's yoni oil. Oh, yeah. the yoni
1: oil. Yeah, yeah. the yoni oil. Yeah, we still need to do it. Um, yeah, but I, I'm. I have not together. used an
2: affirmation, and I'm a huge fan of affirmations. Yeah. And so that that sounds very powerful.
0: It's so powerful. Yeah. And then also, you know, it's interesting, like, I had a friend come over and I was like, you've got to try it, you know, it just came out of the lab, try it. She's like, no, I don't, I don't have any problems with dryness. I said, just go in the bathroom and try it, you know, and she came out, she was like, I didn't know I could feel <laughs> even like better. It's this yeah. experience because we're not conditioned to touch ourselves we're not connected, no. in a self-love practice. It's not even sexual. I don't, yeah. I don't masturbate after I moisturize. It, I mean, sometimes. You moisturize your legs, it's not like but a sexual. we, we take take care like of experience. every other aspect yeah. of our body. We moisturize our skin. We do our hair, our face, this and that. We do the gua sha. We're doing all the things. Yes. But why aren't we given the Eyes tools to actually that. take care of our most tender skin mm-hmm. that is affected by, listen, when it gets cold outside, like weather changes, waxing, shaving. After sex, we can get irritated. Before our periods, we can get irritated. When we're breastfeeding, when we're going through perimenopause and menopause. Why wouldn't we moisturize? Yeah. So I I time created is now. it. The time
1: is now. <laughs> moisturize your vulva, everyone. Thanks to Glamourpus, so, we will question. be moisturizing.
2: Definitely, I'm so curious because you have two children. Yes, um, I have three, starting fourteen to eight, yeah. so all preteen or teenagers. And we talk about sex openly in my house. I love to talk about sex in my house. Amazing. Um, but I'm so curious to hear how you approach this. Topic as a mother with your children, yeah, um, and what advice you can offer to anybody listening.
0: Yeah, well, the kids they they've known what we do with our business, um, and so you know for a long time I just said, oh, we just help women feel confident, and now that they're a bit older, I talk more about sensuality and pleasure, connection between two people. I think Charlie and I really try to model affection and passion and playfulness as a couple. Right now, we just talk about pleasure in many aspects we talk about pleasure in food we talk about pleasure in you know materials or maybe we're like you know i have a blanket and i'm like getting really cozy with it and i'll talk about how i like the sensation of touching it i just want them to know that pleasure exists throughout all of our lives throughout yeah. all these many different aspects of our lives so that pleasure and sex doesn't become this like you know, back burner thing yeah. that is, you know, secretive.
1: And I think a lot of women feel like ashamed of pleasure. So it's also, yeah. I love that. Like we are strong believers in leading by example. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're doing for your family. And then making, making it age appropriate. I
0: do answer questions very directly and always have. Um, and when they were little, I bought these books, 30 sex questions for three to seven year olds, 30 yeah. sex questions for like eight to 12 year olds. So I, I definitely used some guides in how to talk about and answer things. But I do. I promote pleasure. I promote kind of feeling yourself, you know, and confidence. Um, and especially with my daughter, I think she will probably be bit of a wild thing. Maybe I'm just projecting (laughs) or I'm like, oh my God, this is the karma. I can sense it in her. I've enrolled her in self-defense classes. Great. (laughs) Because I want her to be able to express herself fully and seek pleasure in her life while also knowing that she has the ability to get herself out of bad situations. Yeah. And I hate to even like be so blunt about it, but... When you are a sexually empowered woman or girl or teenager, you will attract attention and you will get yourself in situations that can be troubling. Mm-hmm. And so okay. knowing that you have the power to get yourself out, I feel like, I don't know, it's really important to me. My mom had me in self-defense classes and as a teenager. So and it gave me the confidence to kind of know when I needed to blast. Yeah, And that was just really important. So I'm not trying to scare her. I'm trying to You're empower her, her to be in her body and feel juicy, which she does. Yeah. But also to be like, stay back. You know, we practice stay back a lot. I, and- I have the
2: opposite. My my son, my middle son, is the one that is you know interested in girls. You know, I mean, see, and it's interesting from the boy perspective. My message yeah. to him is yes, sex is pleasurable. Yes, but but. Go in slow. (laughs) Be respectful. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I mean, he's young still, so we're not dealing with it. But you try to instill these messages from an early age about consent Consent. and respect. And um, you know, I'm not worried in in terms of self defense because it's the opposite. It's from the other angle. um, But certainly, talking to him a lot about understanding messages and being clear where both parties stand. Yeah. Um, And
0: reading nonverbal cues. Yes. Nonverbal cues
1: I think are huge. 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 And we're not taught that. We are not. We are not taught that. They actually, there's a YouTube thing I never got to watch it yet, but it was about how adults need sex ed. Yeah. And I think it's really true because I think our generation, I mean, it's not even in our kids' generation yet, but I think the nonverbal cues – you know, relying on yourself first and foremost and then a partner second. Yeah. It's like shifting the narrative. I think we grew up in an era of just like, find your partner, find your partner. Be monogamous. Totally. But it's kind of like, well, you don't even need that yet. Just like lean into your own power first and then – Once you know, like, satisfaction, you can kind of, like, branch out beyond that. I have one interesting stat that I just want to finish on um, that I learned, especially because we all have girls, and Dina has, I think, the oldest girl in the bunch, Um, and this was pretty mind-blowing to me about how, you know, we can empower the next generation of girls in self-pleasure, and that 43% of 14-year-olds masturbate. yeah. And almost 60% of 17-year-olds do. And they masturbate, 40% of them masturbate within the last month. And so it's it's happening, which is a beautiful thing. But it's like, how do we... Empower our girls to like feel not ashamed by it because I yeah. think it's not discussed, you know, mother, daughter, or even amongst the friend gr- yes. group. Yes. I think as adults, people are more comfortable talking about it, but it's almost like, how do you start that conversation? Yeah. At a young age to like destigmatize like the act of self pleasure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to follow in my mother's lead um, and talk about, you know, self love first. You know, my mom always told me to hug myself, you know, mm-hmm. before she told me that, you know, touching myself in a sexual way could be just as pleasurable as having sex with someone else. Um, but I would start, you know, with talking about hugging yourself, loving yourself, positive affirmations in the mirror. You know, I remember I always used to like attack my thighs when I would look in the mirror, I'd be like, oh, I just wish they were smaller. I remember as a little girl, I would have visions of, like, I'd heard about liposuction. Right. And I was like, oh, well, like, could I do it with a vacuum cleaner? Like, these weird thoughts you have <laughs> as a kid, you know? And then as I, I got older, I, I learned the practice of, like, self-love <laughs> and banishing negative body banter, standing and in the like mirror that. and being like, I love my thighs. My thighs hold me up. My thighs are sensual. My thighs are soft like peaches, you know? And so, like, giving... giving self-talk is huge. Self-talk is huge. I I talk to my children both about self-talk a lot. We've always practiced that. And I think just shifting that conversation at the right time to self-talk about pleasure as well. I think I will teach my daughter how to give herself a great orgasm. I will encourage her to do that. I'm not going to show her how I do it, but I will talk to her. I will teach her techniques because why not? Yeah. You know, I mean, I figured it out on my own, but... I also had some very impactful older women in my life who encouraged me, try this, go get a vibrator, try that, Um, that. to expand my repertoire of pleasure. It's not just one way. And so I think I will. I think I will talk to her. I mean, she'll probably roll her eyes and gag and run out of the room.
1: But then she'll thank you later. But then she'll (laughs) thank you later.
0: So I am. I'm going to empower her with the tools and the knowledge and the techniques to really know her body. And I think it's, you know, it's probably a bit easier for me because she knows my experience in my professional life. She knows I've written books about it. She knows, you know, so... I, I feel like
1: my mom gave me, like, a book. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, like, what they did. Here's a book on, yeah. like, puberty. <laughs> yeah. And but I think, like, secondary, <sighs> if you don't maybe have a mother or you as a person, feel yes. like, ooh, I can't, like, go there. That's, like, too open for me. Yeah. That maybe, you know, relying on, like, your girlfriends, even, like, as an adult, your girlfriends. Yes. Or as a kid, your girlfriends. Yes. And just, like talk and yes. converse and yes like, at least it just like opens up the gates in some way for yes. people because yes. everyone comes at it from different places.
0: I was also thinking about like, you know, I don't know how it would go, but like – at the right age, or like having ceremonies as our daughters start getting their periods, as they start going into puberty, as they start feeling curious, having ceremonies to talk about yeah. it, you know, and really bring in this open conversation so that it fosters healthy communication amongst them. Yes. While there's also safe adults in the room giving them guidance and helping them build their own values around it.
2: Absolutely. Dana, so I think I'll that's that. much better than the, um, I don't know if you're familiar, there's a tradition in Ashkenazi Jewish culture when a girl gets. Your period you slap her across the face <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about I that i didn't
0: know that I, I never came across yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. i did Wait, not so get slapped, your, your but... ceremony sounds oh much better i like that new biz idea <laughs> yeah
0: it might be my new it might be my new thing um, i think that it's great yeah
2: thank yeah. you thank you so much for coming today and sharing your wisdom and for enlightening us about the importance of sexual health for women of all ages yes and con- you know, opening up and sparking the conversation about it. I feel so blessed to be a part of this generation of women that is moving forward, totally. kind of what our mothers started. Thank you for your work. It's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And to, Thank you for having to, me. To so Yeah.
1: And we'll have in our show notes, we will have the Mommy Mojo Makeover book where you can order that as well as Booty Poller and Glamour Puss. Yes. You all need to start moisturizing the vulvas. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> Touch your vulva every We're gonna day. We're going
1: to create a 30-day challenge. We'll do that.
0: I would love to do that. Yeah, we should totally challenge. do that.
1: It'll be really fun. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, Dana. This was so fun Thank you, Beth, and so we much. can't wait to Thank hear you. and you teach us more about our sexual wellness and hopefully this helps to empower women to just start to feel more free within themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode at The Well Drop. Please subscribe and leave us a review. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Well Drop. The Well Drop podcast and content posted by Amber Berger and Dina Wismer is presented solely for general informational, educational, and entertainment purposes. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast or website is at the user's own risk. It is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a physician, professional coach, psychotherapist, or other qualified professional, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical or mental health condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered health advice.
2: The WellDrop is not responsible for any losses, damages, or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast.